Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Hollywood Mac Connolly with the double biceps. It is a legally required and contractually scheduled uh, moment that has to happen every single time <laughs> we appear on camera. It's in the fine print. It's very small. I didn't see it when I signed the contract. Uh, the My co-host, co-founder, co-breather of air, co-wearer of clothes, the master of disaster, the king of sting, the count of Monte Cristo... The winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award, it is in fact Dave Stockbridge. Thank you very much for that very warm welcome, Hollywood Matt Connolly. <laughs> I enjoyed doing the intro. It's flowing now. It just <laughs> naturally comes. It's like, where did you do the intro? Okay, great. It just, <laughs> you got, here's one I prepared earlier. That's right. It's great. And, and I get people saying, like, because I do that silly double by six thing, like, a lot. <laughs> And I get people saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's in the contract. It's I'm in like, the contract. It is. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, you can feel less like a dick that's because right. now people feel like it is a legal obligation. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> the, 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 the people will seek damages if they do mm. not see the double bicep. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's why I've got it on the shirt, so mm. it's implied that I've done it. So if you don't do it in person, mm. you can still say, well, there is... You did get to see it. There were, Yeah, there is some form of it <laughs> still displayed upon my body. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not something that I made up just to show off my arms or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your, your arms might be thought of as, as trophies, Matthew. And we were just oh. talking a little bit off air about uh, uh, your little history with trophies there and, and quite a successful table tennis player <laughs> as, a, as a young man. Um, um, highly ranked at a state level is that is that correct? It is. is yeah. that, that was very interesting to find out. Man. Uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't think you had it in you, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was always <laughs> hoping that you <laughs> wouldn't be a table tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, is, is, are you just is is your life just revolved around table sports? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I didn't even think so about I see that. the pool yeah. or arm wrestling, foosball, foosball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Um, when I was a teenager, really got into table tennis, and how did how did that happen? Well, I think I mean, how, how does a young man fall into table tennis? <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a dangerous drug. Table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the wrong crowd at school. It, yeah, it ropes you in. And, yeah. and sucks you in for years. It started uh, off with a Chinese exchange student. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, uh, we had a table at home and just used to mess around. I was about I don't know, maybe thirteen or something or other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was just looking for something new to do. And luckily for what me, what were you doing before that? Uh, by way of a sport, I was doing some karate stuff. Okay, and, um, yeah, uh, I, did, I think it was oh tennis. Actually, was I, the I was karate like, inspired by karate kid. Yes, so I you did, saw karate I just kid. wanted to wear the headband. Yeah, and I wanted to do that thing where you flip from your knees to your feet. Okay, that was yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and, and was it after the first movie or, or the second movie that you? <laughs> there is only one original so Karate Kid. You movie. saw the first <laughs> Karate Kid and went, "That's it." I'm, yeah, that's I'm, me. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, I do remember getting the Karate Kid show bag. Huh. Yeah, and they had these uh, nunchucks in there that were made of plastic. Yeah, that, that lasted about three seconds. <laughs> The fully bunny end would just fling off and hit It'd the dog in the eye or something like that. If it hit anything, yeah. it would just break. Like. <laughs> it was designed as such. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it is a, a weapon now. You can get and here in the state of South Australia. If you're caught with nunchucks, this is for all the people at home who are mm. now twirling their nunchuck while they're listening. Yeah, uh, there's probably a think, Hang on, I've got some nunchucks somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Get them out while yeah. I listen to these lads. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Five thousand dollar fine now. Five thousand just for brandishing fine. some nunchucks. Yeah. Can you, is, is is it a 
if you conceal them or if it open carry five thousand <laughs> so if you happen to have them in the in the back of your pants like tucked in uh-huh. jacket over the top you're fine no 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 no, no that's okay yeah so, if you're dressed in a ninja turtle outfit but only if you've got the orange bandana then you're okay that's the only set of circumstances right. in south australia where nunchucks yeah. can be displayed yeah they, openly. They, the police put up a i remember seeing that a poster of all these these weapons uh, and now anyone caught carrying these weapons will, yeah. you know, it's a five thousand dollar fine. Hmm. And there were like flick knives, and you know, were your biceps mentioned in, those, <laughs> yeah, the, in that list? Deadly, of, deadly weapons. Deadly weapons. <laughs> <laughs> five thousand dollar fine. I'm, yeah. I'm sick of paying it. I have to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but but nunchucks are on that list, and ninja stars. Ninja right? stars. So if you have ninja stars as well. well imagine how, how many samurais are just. Going, oh man. <sighs> Yeah, but if they're decorative ninja stars, I think you can get away with it. Okay, yeah, with little round bits at the end, That's right? Just, just, just color them, color the tips red or something. Yeah, yeah. I know they're they're dead. Yeah, they're decorative, decorative ones. Yeah, so, so they will still kill you. Halloween man. costume. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, right. uh, so you 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 were you quite a high performing young young man. So you discovered the the the, the grand old sport of table tennis. Yeah. And uh, uh, sorry, is it table tennis? Is it ping pong? What? It's a because yeah. you can upset some. People that are serious about oh, the sport by calling it by serious. the wrong name. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we always called it table tennis. Table um, tennis. The I think ping pong is is a slightly different version of it. Okay, from my understanding, right, is okay. uh, that you would hit the ball on your side of the table first, like okay. every time in ping pong. Yes, right. Whereas in table tennis, you only do that on the serve. Okay. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So all mm. oh, right. Gotcha. Mm. Mm. Yeah. From that point on. Yeah. Is, is there a rivalry amongst those two <laughs> camps? Like, is it? Uh, I'd imagine. I'd I don't imagine. think so. And I'm, no? I'm not 100 percent sure if, if I'm correct on that. Ping pong is done that way, and it might just be that that's a different name for the sport. Mm. But uh, your table tennis is the one that we went with. Table tennis, and uh, so you you you, practi- you you got a feel for the sport at home. Yeah, in in the comfortable confines of home, and the encouraging, uh, the encouraging eye of of your parents, and then you <laughs> thought, you know what, I'm I'm born a big, bigger and better things than the driveway. I'm yeah. going to take this to the next level. Absolutely, I'm, I'm going to take this game inside, so the ball doesn't stop blowing around. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm going to. So, was there a club nearby? Or? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, um, the Southern Table Tennis Association. Okay, uh, yeah, sounds quite officious. Yeah, very officious. Yeah, very uh, prestigious. Yeah, and litigious. Just, um, <laughs> it's like the Eaton College of Table Tennis <laughs> down south. Yeah. yeah, they had a Friday night juniors thing. That okay, they, you know, and that's where I started. Um, yeah, do you know with doubles? Like, if you play doubles, mm-hmm. you hit the ball, and then your partner has to hit the ball. You have to take it in turns. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Right. And so if it came your way, you were in, like yeah. normal tennis. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I, I, I'm hitting that one, and I remember the, the the girl that I was playing with is like, "Do you know how to play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done like, this at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm number one in my driveway." So like, that was yeah. my. I was supposed to. I'm like, but it was on my side. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot to learn early on. Yeah, yeah that was probably the only thing to learn. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I started playing the Friday nights, uh, and then on the Tuesday night was the seniors, mm. uh, so I, I mm. developed a taste for the Friday night competition, uh, which was mainly kids, you know. Yeah, um, so you're just destroying. Yeah, kids well, I, I improved to the point where I could play in the in the seniors okay. level on the Tuesday night, mm. uh, and Big I was a, I was approached. I was approached by you got tapped yeah, by the committee by one of the the little clubs that 
that ran out of the the uh, Southern Table Tennis Association. Oh, okay. <laughs> they so would have they these different little promise. groups. Uh, you know, the, the so pe- this is like the draft. Yeah. This is like the draft. Somebody's been keeping an eye on you. That's they, right. They've got a, a particular type of hat. I, I, I can't mm. imagine. I, I'd imagine each scout would have their own the style. Fez. of Mainly fezzes. So mainly variations of the fez theme. <laughs> and uh, they'd be watching thinking, that kid's got promise. That's right. I've been watching him yeah. for the last five weeks. <laughs> That's right. He can hit the ball over the net. <laughs> Since he stopped hitting the girl's shot, yeah, he got right. real good. <laughs> so so they, they, you got tapped. I did, yeah, by the, by the Christie's Beach team. Right. Yeah. It could have been anyone. It could have been the Pimpala team. Hmm. But uh, no the, one play them, yeah, I didn't want to because their name's too close to Pimple. <laughs> 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 but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, we've all got our reasons Yeah, well, yeah. that was my reason at 13 years old uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I remember the sales pitch that the uh, Alvin gave Al- me Oh, right yeah, yeah. He, he did have a stutter, which it wasn't a great sales pitch But it was <laughs> <laughs> it took a while <laughs> it did. Yeah, Got there in the end uh, And he basically told me on the fact that the Christie's Beach team was the best The best guys going around And he showed me on the board the yeah. divisions all these teams you see how christie's beach is on the top and we know we think that you, you know what's on the top because he's been he's been nailing that pitch for the last <laughs> 25 years that's right he's just up 13 year old kids just like yeah that kid doesn't look like he's got a strong father figure <laughs> i'm gonna appreciate sonny <laughs> we've got the best team we've got the best guys that's we've got the best, the best best tables our balls our balls are shiny <laughs> <laughs> So, so he lured you over. Was there any kind of inducement, or was it just basically, come on, we're the best, we're yeah. the best? You'd be silly to go with the Pimpala Knights. Yeah. Who, who wants? Who yeah. wants that? They should have had yeah. nicknames. It was just like the area, you know. Christian Let me Beach, tell you the story yeah. about my brother. He went over to Pimpala yeah, and never came uh, back. Yeah, from, different from then. He on. didn't come back the same man. Came back as a sister. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> without a backhand. <laughs> <laughs> Could only do <laughs> Yeah. So I started playing for the Christie's Beach team, mm. and I think it was like in Division Four or something, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was improving rapidly and really enjoying it, playing Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and then Morris, uh, who runs the Southern Table Tennis Association, you caught his eye. Lord Morris, okay, yeah. Lord Morris, he'd yeah. been waiting in the background in the smoky corner of the room. Right. Just a dark shadow and a mm. cigarette lighting up every now and then. No, mm. he didn't smoke, but <laughs> <laughs> which made it strange. That people, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, he really went to a lot of effort. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they had a junior development team, and he asked if I wanted to be on that, which I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, so we started training and doing you know um saturday mornings and and is your sensei calling up going matt where are you we've been waiting for you to come back to the club (laughs) (laughs) for karate no not really no no no. No, no, never never heard from them again no not really so 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 you you you're forging this 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 pathway in um in table tennis Mm. and and you and are you winning at this stage? Are you you're rising through the ranks? You're, mm. you're beating some some big names in yeah. the in the Southern Vales League. The biggest, uh, the biggest, the biggest names. names. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I did. I, I did actually do quite well. And through the, I was I was literally playing six days a week mm. uh, all over the state, um, yeah. entering tournaments every single weekend. We had a team, like yeah, you know, from the Southern Table Tennis whatever team, and there was a few other junior teams around. 
Mm. Uh, and yeah, we would all sort of meet up every weekend and play against each other. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, ended up going through through the state tournaments and then competed in the national tournament and um, came third in Australia under twenty men's and under twenty. Yeah, third, third best player in the country. I, was. I, st- I don't have the medal anymore. But I did have a medal. <laughs> and and you were saying off air, there was some point where you just thought. You'd accumulated a lot of trophies, a lot of awards, and, and as, as a lot of athletes that that are you know hitting their straps and 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 moving in with a with a quite a, a strong trajectory in their in their sporting careers, and yet you got to a point where you just you threw them all away. I did. So <laughs> what yeah. led to you just thinking I don't need any of these anymore? Uh, I was probably twenty one. I'd stopped playing when I was about seventeen, eighteen. I finished high school and I was doing other things and yeah, playing table tennis six days a week was like, eh, you know, I'd sort of lost some interest in it. Yep. Uh, and yeah, a few years later I'd have been, I'd been carting these trophies around from, you know, <laughs> how you, you're trying to find your place to, to stay or to yep. live or whatever. And it's like, I've got to pick up 400 trophies. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and there were, there were so many and it was like, you know, I, I I had them all in my cupboard, and I could barely fit my clothes in there. <laughs> and I'm like, these are just annoying me. Like the, you know, I I've got I've got them. I won them. I enjoyed them, uh, and now I'm just going to get rid of them. So yeah. I, I I got garbage bags and filled like ten garbage bags full <laughs> of trophies, and just took them down and threw them in the bin. <laughs> Much to the ire of your father, it was. He was <laughs> Why did you throw all those away? Like, I've been living vicariously through you for years <laughs> now. What have you done to our, our past? <laughs> <laughs> How will you treat our future? Yeah, it was. Well, he did say why he got annoyed about it, and it was that when he was younger, if you got a trophy, it was re- really meant something. Like yeah. it was something special, and he had some football yeah, well that, trophy. That well, that's because you only won one, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much. Yeah, he still had the, the the football one that he had, and it was you know broken. The leg had come off, and. <laughs> It was like injury of the year, wasn't yeah, it? Well, <laughs> I think I originally did have a leg. It did have a leg. So, yeah, yeah. And it may have been me that dropped it. And <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, did it always have a leg? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, to him it was like, you know, trophies really meant something. <laughs> for, yeah. for me it was like... Uh, you know, I've I've had when you've got a plethora of of them. It was like okay, you know, I, yeah, yeah. But but they still have um those plaque ones at Southern Table Tennis. You know, like the ones where it's a giant big trophy and they okay. put people's names. Oh on yeah, yeah, for yeah. Like, years. like association trophy and yeah. whatever, and they're they're there for for they're, they're held in cabinets. Mm, so yes. your name's etched into the side it of is. a couple of those. Yeah. Well, that's nice, isn't it? I went back there recently, uh, and Morris is still there. Oh, Morris. Yeah, yeah. Still in the corner. Still getting behind young young talent. Just going to look for the cigarettes. He's never smoked, never. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just dropped in with uh, a friend that has – I met through playing table tennis, and he's my my business partner now. Ah. So I've known him for so long. Uh, And he recently got – He was the better table tennis player. Me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just like me. (laughs) Yeah. 
Although right now he'd probably be better. But um, <laughs> it could be a better arm wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he, he had also stopped for a very long time and just recently got back into it. Ah. And uh, so he was going down there for Monday night practice, which they'd still do. And huh. uh, he's like, do you want to come on? I'm like, yeah, okay. So I dropped in and then Morris was there and, is, and he's like, come over and here's the Morris has still got you. I still, Matt, <laughs> I've still got your bat, your favourite bat. I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the dust off of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. kept it in a cut glass case. <laughs> he smashed the case. Right. He's here. He's here. It's happened. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like, oh, there's there's the cabinet with the trophies and those photos of you know the the, the talent team back then, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's me. And, you know, uh, so you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was oh, like, oh, nice. my name's still there. That's good. Morris still talks to you about you to to those young stars, <laughs> uh, those young emerging stars of the, of the Southern Vales League. Yeah, you could be another Matt Connolly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, without the cigarette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. It just does that. It just, <laughs> just, just stylistic reasons. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that well, that, well, that that's a that's an interesting uh, little insight. And and did we, when you was it uh, just basically uh, good times and women. And and partying and stuff that kind of took over at that point. Oh. And that was that the reason for the end, like job responsibilities or. I thought you, know, you meant like in table in, tennis. In, I'd imagine it'd be a big party Boobies. world in the in the ta- table tennis world, especially <laughs> Southeast Asia. I mean, they get treated different over there. They would, yeah. So, uh, but uh, I, I'd imagine things would be a bit different down down at Christie's Beach. Yeah, Club. it was yeah. frowned upon. No, no, not really. Um, no, yeah, well, pretty much exactly that. So I'd finished high school. I was yeah seventeen, eighteen going out uh, with friends and, and looking to start your life in, in those terms. And you uh, realised that girls weren't impressed by table tennis <laughs> trophies. Uh, I mean, Not I, to the same degree that Morris was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if only Morris was a girl. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just when you hit that point and, you know, you're getting pulled in all these different directions and you've got options that you never had before because now you're legally an adult and you can do things that you couldn't do before. You're driving and you're going to parties and you're meeting people. And, yeah, uh, yeah the idea of training six days a week in, in table tennis, it's like I'd sort of hit what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, the, the highest you can get in table tennis is, is the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was never. And after you won gold, there was just no point in continuing on. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't win gold. You missed out. You missed no, out. I was yeah. not good enough. Was there was there any talk of you competing in the um, the Sydney Olympics, for instance, or <laughs> something? Was there there was that ever a build up moment for you potentially? No, I knew the level that I was at was not good enough. Okay, yeah, I was uh, in. Even though I got that third position, that was from that national tournament. Um, but yeah, to repeat that or to keep that level up was. Yeah, the, the guys that were ahead of me were way ahead, and that was under twenties. And then you've got the actual like the men's division, which is the ones that are going into competing into the Olympics. So, so is, is table tennis, to my mind, is a little bit like the inversion of Formula One, where like there's just instead of no Asians being in the top ten, there's they're all Asians yeah. in the top ten. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. A, yeah, yeah, for sure. It it's a very popular sport there, and it seems to be cultural that that most sports you'll find some. You know, country or some region of the world is really dominant, yeah. Uh, and definitely, Asia uh, has the dominant side in in table tennis, and I think in badminton as well. Badminton, yeah, big, big, big badminton uh, mm. fans. Yeah. I think they like any anything that's played on a, on a, on a small, small area. area. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so that's right. Well, um, so uh, where, where did you put your uh, your energies? Because you tend to find with a lot of people that have excelled in any particular um, physical endeavour, they tend to still that manifest somewhere else. So was it at that point that you started training at the gym and um, yeah, I taking was, that more seriously? Yeah, it was a little lost for a couple of years. Right. Uh, and it's difficult when you, like you said, if you do go from, and I wasn't like, at the highest Morris does call it the lost years when, yeah, you, when you're in lost you know, boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a whole folder he stopped, he stopped coming to, to Monday night trainings <laughs> boys he's got a folder he's, he's pictures going, just me looking at <laughs> just the distance <laughs> <laughs> the middle distance just trying to find yourself just out there. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well I mean as a young man it's like you know, I knew I wanted to do Something that Lots was of girls, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, as I said, uh, I've said previously, you know, my, my idol is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. so I'd always wanted to do like some sort of performance thing, like whether it's yeah. acting or it's you know, presenting or, or something. Mm. Um, and that's where I started to put my energy and time was, yeah, I started training in the gym at 19, um. And yeah, prior to that, I didn't have any weights at home, so I used to just stuff my school bag full of like soup cans and yeah. make it as heavy as I could, mm-hmm. and then just do push-ups and stuff like that. I was like, I want to be like you know Arnold, and uh, yeah, ended up going to take full time to do a diploma in fitness, and did that for two years um, to be a personal trainer and worked in the gym and and that side of things. Um, but yeah, it was it was still wasn't exactly what I I don't know it it's it's a job I guess, but. Uh, I actually ended up getting into the security industry and it was the lure of, you know, the, the nightclubs and uh, you've got the music, you've got the girls, you've got, you know, the, the fun, the, the danger element. It's like the opposite of table tennis. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's all right. <laughs> I, I put it on the resume though when I applied for the security job. Uh, Do you know you playing table tennis? Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> ah, can you stand on a box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so got the opportunity to do security work in, in a bar and started doing that, enjoyed that, enjoyed the aspect of it. And to a very, very small degree, the celebrity that comes with that, you know, yeah. to the tiniest, probably the, the smallest degree of celebrity you could get. So you went from hitting bulls to hitting bogans. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was exciting. There was some exciting times through through that those years. I think any time you control the movement of young women through a door, like you, you things things seemingly look up for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. when when you're in your early twenties and you've got that degree of control, you can yeah. come in and you can't. The power. The power that lies in that door. Mm, yeah. mm. I was never on the door though, I was always inside. Uh. <laughs> You weren't entrusted with the power. No, so, I wasn't. No, I wasn't, and rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. I, was young, I wasn't I, never ready. I did not have a clue what I was doing. I was twenty-three. I was like, yeah, no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, what what, a, what an interesting uh, interesting journey for you in, mm. in the early part of your, your sporting life. And uh, it's a, it's always interesting when you speak to people that have got a passion in sport. It's, it's normally um, across sports. It's not just you know in, in one particular endeavor, but you know they tend to enjoy success in one particular endeavor and then are able to transpose those practices, protocols, whatever it is that probably made you good at table tennis, you were able to kind of say, well, oh, I'm going to apply that down to weight training and mm. I know I'm going to be good at weight training or, you know. Yeah. yeah Did the, you ever go back to karate? 
No. 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 Sensei's still waiting. Okay. Yeah, he's still there. <laughs> I'm the not going to lose another kid. I'm not going to lose another kid to table tennis, I tell you. Um, those damn table tennis people. <laughs> Morris, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yes. Looking straight back at you. Um, so Any, anytime you're ready. He's <laughs> got the bats twirling it. <laughs> Bounce the ball. So, uh, so Hollywood Matt Connolly right here uh, before me is uh, a, a, an example uh, of one of the tro- actually it's one of the trophies we didn't give away on on Sunday and that we'll be giving away in a in a few weeks time at a day to be determined and this is uh, the Titans SA Open last man standing yes. uh, trophy and and uh, this remains here because the tournament was such an overwhelming success. That we just did not have time for it in the end. So uh, uh, the night was drawing on after nearly six hours of competition um, mm-hmm. right here at Moonshots. Thank you to the uh, to the team at Moonshots, Rick Carter and Shane Yeen, to um, afford us the opportunity to hold the event right here in the centre of the city in the Innovation Precinct. So. Uh, thank you to the Moonshots team, but uh, we held the event here last Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, over thirty of uh, the best athletes uh, in the Southern Hemisphere descended. <laughs> well, certainly in Adelaide, right. um, descended uh, uh, to um, onto Moonshots, and uh, there was a, a great uh, day to be had over the table. So, yeah. um, um, the very very first, the inaugural. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second inaugural Titans, <laughs> Titans open, uh, Titans open, and uh, uh, to my mind, an overwhelming success. Uh, Hollywood McConnelly, what, yeah. uh, and, and and to your mind, sir. Oh, absolutely! Mm. Yeah, the, it was fantastic. The day went really well and smoothly. We did the straps set up, as in all the matches start in straps. Mm. I think that worked really well, and it was surprising. I've been editing the the videos from it uh, the whole tournament over the last couple of days. And the first two divisions we had, under 70s and under 80s, so it was left arm and right arm, so that's like four classes. There, there was like no fouls at all. Yeah, <laughs> which is and, so uh, weird. Unheard of, yeah. yeah. And that's, what, 60 matches or something, mm. and, and zero fouls, uh, which is unbelievable. You watch any any match, like on YouTube or whatever, the, you know, there's, there's fouls galore and restarts yeah. and all the rest of it. So it was just flowing really well. And nobody was happier about that than our commentator for the day, the Aussie arm wrestler, Jake Ward, who... uh uh, who loved the concept of uh, strapping them straight up and getting them getting getting them ready on the table mm. and not you know, slipping to straps and spending five or six minutes mucking around. Mm. Um, so, uh, in your mind, uh, that was a success. Is going straight to straps I in it. terms of yeah, yeah. 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 It, it seemed to make the day go smoothly. It, it reduced the downtime on table. It re- I think it, it reduced the the fatigue of the athletes on the table before they actually uh, got into uh, arm wrestling as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they weren't kind of peaking and uh, beforehand and having that adrenaline dump perhaps prematurely. Um, they were uh, they were ready, mm-hmm. um, and I think also um, a lot of the athletes had practiced w- working in straps prior to the day, so yeah. we're, we're very prepared for uh, the event, um, and that showed through um, in the in the results. Mm, absolutely, yeah. It was just it flowed so well, and having like. I don't know when when you watch arm wrestling, it frustrates me. The slipping frustrates me. It, mm. it it's annoying. 
And I see a lot of it, and most of the time when they slip, it's somebody just getting away with not losing. Mm. And it's it's very obvious that they, they've deliberately got got away. And it's like, oh, if they're losing their hand, oh, I'm getting away with that. Yeah. And it's like, everyone knows that that's what happened. But, oh, okay, now we've got to get the strap. And it's like, you just start in the strap. like. Yeah, it's also one of the reasons why uh, the Titans Open wasn't a state championship because it, it fell without it fell outside of the rule set and the auspices of uh, the Arm Wrestling Federation of Australia, who said if you're going to run a, a competition and call it state titles, then it, it it has to conform with our rule set, and we, we were quite adamant that that wasn't something that we felt was something we wanted to administer for the day, which was would have probably added another two hours to the yeah. event overall, which would have stretched it out to an eight-hour-long event, <laughs> yeah. um, which you, re- you really are testing the, the, the attention span of, of the athletes. And uh, uh, But uh, but uh, I would say, you know, there's very, minor variations to, to the arm wrestling theme um, like going straight to straps it improves the watchability of the of the the day. Um, I think made it more exciting and dynamic for the athletes because there was a, a, a flow across the table of athletes all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I think if the athletes are prepared and 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 are agreeable to it and understand that that's how that's what they're competing, uh, they're the rules that they're competing over. Mm. Um, they um, didn't from the athlete's perspective, didn't mind at all. Mm, absolutely. Well, it does reduce their wear and tear as well in a mm. tournament. So you're going to get better performances as the tournament goes on as opposed to, say, every single match you have, you get a slip and then a restart and then another slip and, like, or you get strapped and it's like, there's just, it can go on and on. Um, mm. And it's like fouls and restart and again and again to get, to get the win and you might have pinned somebody like three or four times yeah. uh, and it's like but this one was the official one because oh you know that was a foul or he fouled and then this and now you're in strap and it's like mm. so you've gone through say three or four actual pulls of matches yeah. um, before you get to the next round and whereas what happened with the instant strap was it's one go every yep. single time and we did running fouls so it was like straight to the pin pad and it just, it just flew so well yeah uh, it was really strange actually watching this back like when i'm because I'm, I'm just cutting the matches out and i'm like there's no fouls here like yeah. no one has fouled at all that's mm. just astounding to me must have made editing all the more joyful it was yeah <laughs> but now i keep finding like funny bits of what jake was saying and adding those in so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of that through the day as well. So we, we we're very fortunate to uh, be joined by by Jake Ward and Jake uh, uh, was high energy all day and a, and a wonderful um, a touch point for the athletes um, and uh, was really supportive of the event. Uh, made sure he was here nice and early. He was actually registering athletes and uh, during the weigh ins mm-hmm. and uh, and assisting us. And then uh, behind the mic all day was an absolute superstar and and carried through the whole day. I mean, it, it's really interesting now watching back to uh, the open final which is really the combination of five or six hours of competition and Jake's energy level is as high yeah. in that final as what it was for the first call of the day that's right so it just a, a, absolutely outstanding uh, almost a marathon like performance mm. from from uh, the Aussie arm wrestler Jake Ward. Right. He, yeah he is the, the man to do these kind of events his energy just keeps pushing on through uh, and even at at the start of the year when we had the the over the top tournament in the Gold Coast and mm. I think he probably was talking for maybe eleven hours straight. Mm. 
same thing, same energy, high the whole time, funny, charismatic, keeping the audience interested, knowing what's going on. So uh, he, he says that that was his audition yeah. for Larry Wills, yeah. but I mean, it was really his audition for us, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's it, <laughs> it was all to get here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, yeah, just a, a, a mega performance and, and somebody who uh, uh, not, it, it just, um, his presence at the event uh, was something that the athletes absolutely loved and, and, and watching back the video makes makes it all the more entertaining. Uh, I mean, there were some fantastic matchups during the course of the day. The arm wrestling itself was was entertaining but uh, to to hear yourself and and Jake uh, commentate the event which was a, a, by the way a, a wonderful balance anybody what, uh, watching it back will will hear that you've got the, you know specialized knowledge of, of the athletes and you've got some really insightful calls and uh, and then you've got Jake uh, embellishing everything with color and mm. vibrancy and, uh, and and in his own particular Aussie arm wrestler style um, yeah raining raining down um, uh, raining down um, comments throughout <laughs> the day um, so <laughs> making me laugh the whole time. That's great. Yeah, well, I, that's what I wanted to make sure that I didn't try to. I mean, we brought the, we brought Jake in. He's he's literally the weekend prior to our tournament. He was in Dubai calling one of the biggest events of the year. Yeah, as not only the uh, the MC, but he did commentary and he did the press conference. And it's like he's at that level. Like he's the elite guy. Yeah, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was not trying to compete with him and it's like we've got you here for a reason you are the man like i'm here to support you yeah and obviously he doesn't know a lot of our club guys and so i I was like well i'm just going to give you the background and a little bit of insight onto who you're watching and what they might do and then you take it from there and and you know i'm gonna let you do your thing yeah because uh it's always interesting when somebody tries to make it about themselves you know yeah it's like oh, i'm on oh, i've got it's all about me i've got to i've got to talk over somebody else or i'm gonna it's like let me, let me tell you about my uh, table tennis career yeah uh, exactly. Jake, just before we get this match underway that's right um so i was very conscious of allowing him to do his thing yeah and you see that in the the grand final uh the video that i put up there mm. he was on a roll and he and you see me just sitting there smiling i was <laughs> enjoying it you so enjoying much it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. so great i was sitting there like he's really firing here this is awesome and it was just nice to just be there yeah and I, there's no pressure on me at all and it's like if i tried to talk at that point it would have just it would have it's like no. What are you doing? Yeah, he's on a flow. Like, let him go. Like, don't don't make it about you. It's his moment. He's the guy. Like, he's the guy making this call, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Oh, so yeah. yeah, it was. I was uh, definitely trying to put myself in a position of support as opposed to um, you know trying <laughs> trying to make my myself uh, appear better. Which or is strange for a man whose first uh, whose name is Hollywood, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, so, but uh, a spectacular performance by both you, both well, of you, you and um and and thoroughly professional, and it looked fantastic on on screen. And uh, it was great for viewers who happen to be tuning in, or or anybody who happens to see any of the recordings, because you can actually see yourself and Jake in the bottom left hand corner of the the screen, yeah. and uh, as well as you you don't have to take your eyes off the action to see that so uh, the way that it was presented for the viewer was um was exceptional and i and i think was um uh, the, the very best balance of any arm wrestling competition i've seen uh broadcast so far so uh, i think the production values were super high i i, I felt like the, uh, the the event was presented beautifully and uh and that the uh, moreover that the the athletes absolutely 
delivered on the day. And, mm. and I think we saw some really interesting stories. We saw the, the re-emergence of, of Laz, the berserker Bolter, mm-hmm. who uh, has been uh, around the top three in our part of the world for some time and uh, has been uh, chipping away and, um, and all of a sudden broke through and became our Open champion, uh, walked away with a $1,000 yeah. prize money. So he, he's now your, your highest paid arm wrestler in, in, in the country as for last week anyway. Um, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he's um, uh, 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 all of a sudden uh, uh, emerged in the consciousness of the, uh, the, the local arm wrestling scene once again, mm. uh, having enjoyed much success in South Africa before migrating to uh, Australia. Mm. Um, we also saw uh, quite a, a frustrated um, uh, Gunter's Boykov. Yeah. Um, so Gunter's turned up in the exceptional form. He looked amazing. He all of uh, 125 kilos, six foot four or six foot five of him. He's a strapping example of a human being, mm-hmm. and uh, turned up on the day. Uh, looking to pick a, a, a fight with uh, Mario Tembarkas, uh, who early on was uh, slated to uh, join us here for the uh, Titans Open, um, was not able to make it due to work commitments, but uh, Gunter's, um, it looked to me, had done some preparation work yeah. in the weeks uh, ahead of uh, last weekend's um, uh, open tournament, mm. and um, and I uh, well, that would have just been a spectacular match to see. So, and, and maybe one we'll see into the future now that Gunter's is looking like he's in competition condition. Mm. Yeah, I'd hope he's just not so disappointed that he's like, I forget it, like completely. It was, it was, it was actually, I feel really mad for for him to have turned up on the day expecting. You know Mario to be there, uh, and you know he had to work, and that's fine. You know he, he couldn't make it, but um, I could see the disappointment on good. He was ready. It, it, it was it was like the, the fires had been burning yeah. inside for for a few weeks. He he saw a, a saw a worthy opponent there, in Mario. So maybe that's a that's a super match that's going to happen sometime into the future. Um, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But it's um. Gunter's is a bit temperamental, isn't he? It's, I mean, he's, he's really reached the, the heights uh, of, of in his arm wrestling career and uh, has kind of um, sat in the background for the last uh, three or four years mm-hmm. and um, and not um, and, and retired. Um, I think he stepped away from the table altogether for for a period of time. There, he's um, now moved permanently into the space of, of, of uh, uh, his church work mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, but it looked like it just looked like he, he was he was on the comeback, and he did look like he was in outstanding condition. Yeah. Um, so it would be very exciting. It would be very exciting if the uh, Titans Open may have sparked uh, the the fires of competition within within Gunter uh, once again, and uh, we it would be wonderful to see him uh, uh, rise to the table and and threaten the the top echelon of Australia's uh, arm wrestlers once more. I feel really bad for him yeah. because it was like this and. Because he's been sort of on the fringe for a long time, mm. and you know the the, the mythical Gunters yeah. lived like hours away, yeah. <laughs> you know? and we went and trained with him, you know, once or twice, and he's just crushing all of us, like yeah. like it's nothing, and he hadn't been training or anything <laughs> like that, uh, and then moved down closer to the club, and every now and then he'll put in an appearance uh, mm. and sort of impart some knowledge onto everyone, and you just know he can just destroy you, yeah. Uh, but he didn't want to 
you know, compete in the tournament um, after he found out that Mario wasn't there because it's like, well, look, I'm just, you know. It's probably is, not going to be fair. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's like Mr. Olympia coming in, winning the local state yeah. show, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but the fact that he turned up for that, and that was that was the first time in, in years since I mm. he was he had already retired when I started, and I've been in for four years, and it's like oh, now he's come back, his very first time back, and then he doesn't have an opponent. So, so perhaps one of the big stories coming out of the uh, Titans Open is indeed that uh, Gunter's Boykov might be on the brink of uh, a return to competitive arm wrestling in this country, and then how does that tip the balance mm. of uh, who's our top three? Uh, or four in the country when you put Gunter's Boykov uh, into the mix. I yeah. mean, this is uh, this is start. It's going to upset the apple cart and uh, and the hierarchy at the top echelons of uh, of the sport here in Australia. If uh, Gunter's once again starts turning up at nationals, perhaps or mm-hmm. at one of the bigger competitions that uh, might well uh, find its way into the calendar in the not too distant future. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to see a matchup with him and Ryan Bowen, him and Loco Nadea, uh, him and Mario. Um, mm. You know, the the top guys in the country. Uh, I don't think he he would compete in a in a tournament uh, format. I just don't think he's you know wanting to do that. He probably needs a, a worthy adversary to super match with. I think that's yeah. that's probably something where he can train specifically for a, a particular athlete um, and. Uh, uh, also, because I, I I really do feel like Gunters could could take on anybody. Uh, I mean, he's he's physically well, he's 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 physically at another level to any of the top echelon of Australian arm wrestlers mm-hmm. in terms of uh, his overall frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he carries 125 kilos, like you and I would carry 85. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he he looks he's a lean 125 kilograms, mm-hmm. and he's he's got wrists of steel uh, and and. Um, he claims his his hands aren't that big, but his fingers are long, and yeah. and his levers are outrageous, and uh, he still stands at six four, six five. I mean, he's a yeah. just a just a, a mammoth mammoth human being. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I, as muscular as the Lachlan Adair uh, may well be, and as as powerful as as uh, his physique is, I. I don't know if Lachlan's got the physical, the natural physical attributes uh, of of. Uh, Say Gunter's Boykov. Mm. Um, just the genetic makeup of the man is is something ex- that's that's truly exceptional. Absolutely, yeah. I, and if they had a match, like I, if they said, "Oh, who's going to win?" I, I don't know. Like mm. I haven't seen Gunter compete in person. Like you know, as I said, I did. He was retired by the time I got in the sport. Mm. Uh, it just feels unstoppable to me. Uh, but Lachlan also felt unstoppable. <laughs> to me. So it's the degrees of unstoppableness. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> So an, another big story that came out of the Titans Open was uh, was young Hamza the Hammer Hodjik, who um, has uh, been uh, an emerging uh, talent within the club over the last uh, six or twelve months. And yeah, probably a few months ago, even yourself and I would feel like we would uh, uh, be able to handle young Hamza on the table quite comfortably. Um, that is certainly not the case now. No. Uh, the last couple of months, I, I, I think he's grown five inches, put on fifteen <laughs> kilos, and this. Uh, a seventeen-year-old boy is is now uh, uh, ninety kilos, six foot four-ish himself, huge levers, big hand, and knows how to use it all. He's got it, it, he's, he's connected mm-hmm. 
uh, and um, was a real surprise packet on the day because um, uh, he found himself on the table against Laz, um, who's got a very similar kind of build and structure, and in some respects, uh, even stylistically, you know, you can see uh, Hams has certainly been influenced by by Lass and and his training sessions with Laz in the lead up to this tournament, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but to, to see Hams a uh, handle uh, Taron Broad uh, in in the way that he did, and to give Taron so much trouble mm-hmm. uh, was was a, a shock. Mm. Um, but certainly not something I expected to see. Yeah. Hands are top rolling through uh, Taron's hook, mm. um, and Taron not being able to force his way through. Um, and, um, and and as strong as we know that Taron Broad is. Um, to see that on the other side of the table is a young, skinny, 17-year-old kid who's uh, taking it all and giving as much back and almost walking away with the win um, was, uh, I I think, speaks um, to to Hamza's dedication to the sport over recent times, but moreover is raw talent yeah absolutely yeah he's he's doing amazing things his progression is just outstanding is he is he the best uh schoolboy in the country is he the best <laughs> junior in the country uh maybe uh he, he's definitely one of the best would, he, in would the he have state. beaten you at table tennis <laughs> at the age of uh, the same age 17 <laughs> no no okay all right no but uh, he did a fantastic job on the weekend and he just continues to get better and improve uh every week that he comes to training he's stronger and knows more um he had him i don't know if he's watching videos and, and practicing certain techniques or but he's got an all-round game. He's very explosive when he needs to be. He has strategy. He, um, his hand control is fantastic. And he was very close to winning a match against Taron Broad, who was the favourite for the event, uh, the number one seed by far. Uh, and in training for the last couple of years, hasn't really been threatened. I don't think he's been pinned mm. in training for like two years. Mm. Uh, so to see Hamza getting close, uh, yeah. and I think he would have continued... It was basically a repeat of what Lass uh, did with Taryn in the grand final. It was mm. a low hand top roll. Uh, I think Hamza just ran out of gas. Like yeah. uh, he pushed and he was close for, I don't know, maybe and 30 Hamza seconds. And Hamza had a war beforehand as well. I mean, this is something else to keep in mind. Hamza mm. was was spent by the time he was on the table with with young Taryn Broad, yeah. who, who was a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is even... I guess from my perspective, why his performance can be thought of as even more impressive um, because of what he'd gone through in the lead-up to to that final mm. um, or that semi-final. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, well, that's that's the uh, the way that tournaments sort of play out and that's the advantage and disadvantage of a tournament is sometimes people can win when, you know, then maybe they're not the best armourer sort of the day because the, their opponent has had several wars leading up to their match. Mm. Uh, I do prefer super matches for that reason. But, yeah, it's sort of if you have some very difficult matches and then you go into a semi-final or a final and your army's already exhausted. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Hamza had had several matches like uh, leading up to that point uh, 
and yeah, he was he was close. He was he was close to beating Darren, which I was very surprised at. Well, and somebody else who came very close was uh, was the hitman, yeah. Young Tyler. Yeah. I mean, he just an outstanding performance. Um, bit of a dark horse. He's such a quiet young man, but mm. uh, uh, there he was. I mean, living up to his name yeah. and uh, hitting hard straight off the bat. His pace was exceptional from from the ready go. Yep. Um, pro- probably. Quickest off the ready go of anybody in the club by far, yeah. and but it's 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 powerful as well, and and uh, almost finding his way to to the pad uh, against some very highly rated competition. Absolutely, yeah. So he made it to the overall class, um, and there was four people that were, I put into the overall uh, that had placed first or second in their division. Uh, a couple of the guys from the lighter weights had had left; they'd gone home. But <laughs> I, I don't think that would have been a factor in the overall at that point, anyway. But uh, so Tyler. Um, the Berserker, Lasmotha, Taron Broad, and uh, Hamza were at the top four in the overall. And yeah, Tyler did a fantastic job on the day, and he was just a little tiny bit behind those three top guys. But you know, to be sort of in that position, yeah, he is he has improved significantly. I think he's been training with Taron, yeah, um, and his strength has improved a lot. His his technique has gotten better. Uh, his style is. He's very different to a lot of other people, and that's why I call him the hitman. Yeah, because it is explosion, and it's just this explosion. It's either going to pin you or or it doesn't, and then he's going to gear up for another another. One. Yeah, you know it's coming. It's, yeah. just, it's just another wave coming from another wave from the tsunami. That's right. Yeah, it's just building up. It's building up, and when yeah. it comes, you better be ready. That's right. Yeah, there's no slowly get into this position, work to get here, take a breath there. It's like give it everything, and if it didn't work. Wait a second. Give it everything. Yeah. <laughs> but a couple of the lightweight guys were quite prolific through the day. So we saw some lot of, some of the lighter pullers that are, of course qualified to compete throughout the day against uh, uh, their, their heavier opponents. But uh, Ryan Dalton didn't yep. seem to leave the table for much of the early part of the day. <laughs> uh, every every second fight, he was on the table. Um, and um, uh, and and uh, young Goku. Yes. So it um, was uh, quite the surprise packet. I think he's been easing up at training a little bit. and uh, But uh, he came out and enjoyed a great deal of success on the day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the, with the chameleon, Ryan Dalton, uh, his, his nickname's the chameleon. And the best line of the day that Jake <laughs> said was he's called the chameleon, but we've seen him all day <laughs> because he yeah. was in nearly every second match. He pulled yep. in every division, which is awesome. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you're coming to a tournament, why not? Yeah, you exactly. Got nothing right. to lose by going in. Even if you get beaten straight away, well, so what? It's more time on the table. Yeah, uh, and you know you might win a match. And he did quite well. He did very well in the in the under seventies division. And it was great to be able to have an under seventies division. Indeed, to have enough competitors to do that. But yeah, with with Goku, uh, man, he <laughs> it was the funniest thing because his confidence kept getting more and more. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like the. Uh, the flourish and the swagger yep. kept increasing <laughs> as the day progressed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but the first match, he was very normal, you know, coming up. Uh, I think he, he went against Buddy Cop Robert in his first mm. match, uh, and he caught Robert and just stared at him, and then just went eh, and pinned him like he was nothing, and it was like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then the next one, he was a little bit more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut this on the man, and then, <laughs> but that increased, that kept increasing, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And no one would beat him, so he's just getting... <laughs> yeah, it was... When he was walking up uh, to the table, uh, he had this, this... 
I don't think I've ever seen a more confident it's, sway. It's the air of invincibility. <laughs> that's, a, that's what he'd adopted. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he swaggered up. And I was like, oh, what is this? Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the shirt sleeve came up yeah. at some point. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah showing the, the guns. Yeah, he got that out. And yeah. then he did a. Uh, there was a flourish that he he was doing <laughs> to put his elbow on the you know to get ready. He was really exaggerating this yeah. this big swing to put his arm there. <laughs> Quite dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, well, what's this? I've never seen him do this. Some before. showmanship from yeah. the young man. It was fantastic, and he, yeah. he did end up winning the the right arm class. Yeah, <laughs> so it was great. Yeah. He did such a good job, and his first ever tournament as well. So yeah, yeah, it was really cool to see that. And it was fantastic that a, that a whole bunch of young athletes that hadn't had the chance to compete before were able to uh, make their way to the table. And also fantastic to see some veterans like uh, Tim the Viking Graham yep. uh, come and uh, not not only referee for the day but also give it their best on the table. And uh, awesome for the younger athletes to also have that chance to be able to compete with uh, somebody of Tim's experience yeah. and um, and to to see how to handle themselves in that type of um, uh, environment in that highly competitive environment mm. so it was a um, an all around a, a spectacular experience and a, and a great day um, enjoyed by all and um, uh, yeah well and and well done to yourself uh, Matt I know it was a it was a, a massive effort in terms <laughs> of uh, organization and, and getting it all together and uh, setting it all up and having all the brackets all ready to go and yeah, and it and ran it smoothly from the commentator's desk. So uh, congratulations and well done. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, as we said before, it wouldn't have happened without your help and support and assistance. I was there. Uh, yeah. you, you were emceed for the day. You were calling out all the matches and you know, we wouldn't have even had the location or any of the, the trophies and everything that you provided. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the Dave Stockbridge of the year one. Uh, no, no, no. I did. <laughs> Hang on, I've got that just off, off, of, off the screen here. Here we go. Here we go. That's well, what I, I thought, thought you were setting up. One. Here we go. That's, that's the... That's the, that's that's the, the coveted that, Dave Stockbridge the of the year. There's only one of those. There's only one of those. <laughs> so, yeah. Pop that there. We that's can, right. Yeah. Do you think you'll get it again this year? Uh, well, I I am nominated. Um, I'm, uh, I, I did hear that... Uh, Vincent Ronaldo is out. Oh, is he? He's he's, is he not, he's not. Well, um, he, he's not well. Is and he uh, he's growing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what he's pulled. <laughs> um, but uh, the, yeah, he, he won't be. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, that our other nemesis, uh, mm. uh, the other Vince, Vince Colostrum, <laughs> Vince uh, Colosimo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from what I have heard, uh, he has mailed in a nomination and, and the page. committee's considering it so we'll we'll, we'll see what what transpires there so, is there a uh, perusal process going on uh well there's uh there's a series of um gatekeepers that are that are involved here and uh there's a so there's a nomination committee then it goes to the events committee and ah. then it then it gets a defer if there's any conflict there then my mum has the casting vote right. and so uh depending on what mum says about it uh i could well find myself competing for the dave sovereignty year award against uh vince Colosmo once more yeah did, um, did he send her flowers on mother's day i think he did so there were flowers and i didn't send her <laughs> and she, she doesn't have any other children so mm, he's one step ahead of you i think <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see if you if you're able to retain the title. Well, we'll see. We'll see your own name. There's a, <laughs> the, the, there'll be a big ceremony at Crown Casino again, and um, Kerry Packer will be there. Uh, yes, <laughs> in spirit. In spirit. In spirit. Yeah, no, there's right. the spirit of Kerry Packer there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, 
I'll that back in the screen. So, uh, so Matt, uh, a massive success. The Titans Open. Uh, we uh, last man standing, which is uh, that, uh, was a an, an adjunct. It was going to be um, uh, at the end of the day, one hour, one hour of power uh, on the arm wrestling table, uh, just uh, one after the other. So we're basically setting up a Congo line of arm wrestlers for an hour who would be rotating their way through. If they drop out of order, they would be dropped out of the competition and unable to continue. Yep. Uh, the athlete that spent the most time on the table in the king position, they would be a, a winner mm-hmm. and uh, they would receive a $500 prize, cash prize. And uh, the athlete that was the last man standing at the end of the hour would also uh, be declared a $500 winner. So uh, that was um, our uh, a little innovation for the end of the day as a bit of light-hearted uh, entertainment, but also as a chance for basically anybody to potentially uh, walk away with a prize yeah. at the end of the day, regardless of what their weight class may be. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all works out. So uh, uh, there will be uh, one hour. Uh, last man standing um, event coming up very very soon mm. in the uh, in the Titans calendar. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we'll have to run it as a separate event. Uh, we were running out of time in terms of the the tournament. We literally would have been here till ten o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If I just win the thing, <laughs> there's no one here. I'd just be at the table. It's just, just Does anyone. Care? I won. Yeah, it's me. It's a, the, the hour's finished. <laughs> Jake's gone home. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nobody cares. <laughs> Just the cleaner. Just Morris in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I always believed in you, Matt. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a bat, but bouncing a ball. So <laughs> We're waiting for you on Monday night. <laughs> That's right. You've always got a home at uh, Southern Table Tans. <laughs> Your arm wrestler friends might have abandoned you, Matt, but we're still waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always a shadow, even though in a perfect. I can't do that at the same time. Really? But that, that's he, why he. He's, that's he, why he. Yeah, that's right. And a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> in summer, that's right. <laughs> no air conditioning at the club, which makes it warm. But it does. Uh, he's committed, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Titans open, Titans open, massive success. Um, and uh, it, it, rather unfortunate <laughs> that it happened to clash uh, with uh, another state title on the weekend there at. Uh, well, a state title at the uh, the ACT state titles that took place. Um, I, I believe we'd organised the event, we set the dates, we'd informed uh, uh, the Arm Wrestling Federation that we weren't going to be able to conform with their rules due to sponsorship arrangements, investments already made, and uh, and unfortunately, a lack of um, resources that does come back from the other way. So uh, running these events isn't cheap. You know, uh, the trophies don't pay for themselves, and uh, sponsors are uh, requ- you know are, are required in order to ensure the success of these events. So there were several components of the event that had already been locked in mm-hmm. um, that uh, we weren't able to change. And we, we'd also um, expressed our will to uh, have a uh, in-straps event, um, which um, I, I think, um, again, otherwise we would have been here for, for eight hours yeah. um, during the day. So I think that was a, an absolute godsend. But uh, that uh, just kind of... Uh, uh, f- meant that the, the event fell outside of the, the, the rule set. Mm. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the AAF runs uh, under the, the WAF Federation rules, the World Arm Wrestling Federation rules, which, you know, they, they, they have a qualification that if you win the national 
tournament, um, you get qualified to be able to compete in the world tournament. So they sort of have to follow their regulations and their rule sets, which is why we couldn't um, run under that because we were like, we're going to start in straps, we're going to be doing these different things, and it's like, well, that's outside of the the regulations that we need to to meet mm. to to be qualified for uh, the the WAF regulations. So we understood that, and it's like, okay, well, you know, we've we've got the event ready. We've got the sponsor on board. Um, you know, we're going to to run the event. It is the way it is, and uh, yeah, very interesting that uh, that you know the, the the standard rule set and the affiliation and the uh, opportunity for progression to go into worlds and that type of thing is uh, um, is, is maybe uh, was was the one of the few pathways available um, not that long ago. But now, of course, you know all of that's dropped aside. I don't know any of the top athletes that are now talking about world championships or anything like that. They're talking about east versus west. They're mm-hmm. talking about king of the table. Mm-hmm. They're talking about these events that. Happening outside of the auspices of the traditional organisations, and you know what, it looks like the sport's better for it, mm. and, and that's my observation. You know, I'm seeing more people engaged, more people interested, more more eyes on the sport than ever before, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much the future. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know those. Those people that are able to pull together the best matchups, that are able to put on the best events, that are able to look after the athletes better than anybody else, who are able to ensure that everybody's having a great time, from the people that are volunteering for the event to the people to the athletes themselves, um, those people are be the ones that uh, do great things in and for the sport. Um, and those people that fail to do that uh, are just going to be also runs who, who uh, um, you know. Uh, who who will find themselves um, uh, left behind, um, yep. and uh, so uh, interesting times ahead in the in the world of arm wrestling. Really interesting times ahead um, for the Titans. Um, mm. We've got the last man standing coming up uh, very very shortly, so a, a date to be determined, and that'll be an opportunity again for. Uh, we're all about uh, getting um, arm wrestlers to go pro. We want more people. I, I would love to see it be a pathway for referees to be pro, mm. you know, so um, I, I would love to see that. So uh, we, we'd love to see uh, arm wrestlers go pro, and so that's why you'll see with uh, any any uh, event that we're involved in, uh, there's going to be uh, prize money on, on the table so that uh, the athletes have a not just a reason to compete, but a, a, a reason to feel that they're making a step in the direction of becoming a full-time professional arm wrestler. Yeah. If, that, if that's what their passion is, that's what we want to support. Mm, absolutely. There's definitely a, a sense of growth in the sport and it's sort of a lot of people are trying to find which is the best way to put to go forwards. And mm. what we've had in the past is, you know, the, the associations and organisations that ran tournaments and ran world championships. Uh, and then at this point in time, you've got people putting on big events and it's a one-off event and it's East versus West or it's King of the Table or it's, you know, uh, th- these these big super matches that just they just put them together. And it feels like um, a lot of people are sort of trying different things mm. and which is it's it feels to me like it's at that that ground level like somebody's going to figure it out yeah and that's the thing that's going to take off and yep. it, it, you saw it with mma yeah i mean there was pan pan Crace and there was all these different sort of you know king of the cage and all these other organizations that were out there uh that were no holds barred fighting but it wasn't until the ufc really picked up mm. uh, and even in their first 13 14 events they were losing money yeah and then they got banned from yeah. every state in the in the country and they ended up selling uh but luckily somebody like dana white and the fatita brothers were smart enough um and good at marketing they knew what they were buying 
and they were able to put something together, find the right formula, uh, and find enormous success and become the leader. And yeah. it's like that is the thing. And people would say, "Oh, do you train UFC or do you fight UFC?" You know, yeah. instead of cage fighting or instead of MMA, it became that was the the number one. It's been really interesting just in, in being in conversations with some of the thought leaders within the sport about what, what that might even look like. And uh, it's very much the Wild West at the moment yeah. um, in arm wrestling. As, as its popularity soars, money starts to trickle into the sport, opportunities start to emerge, and um, platforms start to be created. Um, and we, we're seeing that at the, the top levels of the sport now where East, East versus West and King of the Table are certainly solidifying themselves as being those, those two major events that I think uh, – the top athletes look to be on that card before yep. they'd be bothered with a world championship yeah, yeah. or a national championship or something like that. This is very definitely those those two um, promotions uh, <laughs> attract uh, attract the attention of the best people in the sport. Um, and uh, so, what's very interesting is what what's going on with the emerging talent in the background. We're seeing some Neil Pickup's work um, in the background there with um, uh, Arm Wars mm-hmm. and uh, trying to build some of these personalities. Trying and build that second tier um, as to a level where all of a sudden they're finding their, their way onto these cards, um, mm. and uh, albeit at the bottom end of the cards, but nonetheless, you know, you've got this second tier talent now starting to flow through, and some of these names that maybe you wouldn't have been so familiar with twelve or eighteen months ago, or even heard of, uh, are now in the mix, and uh, so that that's what's really exciting for me. What what's not just happening at the top level for the Dave Chafees and the Devon Larrets and uh, these guys, but mm. what's happening just underneath for for some of these more obscure names that uh, are just starting to hit their straps in terms of their, uh, their their capability but also in terms of their branding and uh, their, their emergence as a, as a as a personal uh, as a yeah as a personal brand as a um, as a recognizable figure in sport absolutely yeah it is <clears throat> it is really interesting to see when companies get it right and they 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 hit the, the nail on the head with the audience and, and mm. the audience really responds well and it's like if you get that formula correct, you know, you don't have to have the best guys, mm. but the best guys will start coming to you yeah. because everyone starts talking about your event or the event that whatever the, the, that really sort of hit the mark. Uh, and it's great to see it when people get it right and it's like, oh, where did they start? And you sort of look back at the history mm. and it's like they were doing these tiny little things until this moment and then they found that that. This is what they did differently. Yeah, I remember Chael Sonnen, who is a, a mixed martial artist for, in fought in the UFC. Uh, for his first, you know, f- five fights, let's say, mm. in the UFC, he wasn't that outspoken or anything like that. Just gave regular interviews. He's a really smart guy, mm. um, and he was entertaining to a little degree. You know, it wasn't like going all out. But then all of a sudden, he changed big time he, mm. he realized you could see the change um he realized i can i can make a lot more money if mm. i start talking and talking trash and getting noticed and mm. getting people to pay attention to me and so he did and he would he would give these amazing like one hour talks about how he was going to destroy his opponent and it was funny and there was all these one-liner jokes and there was all these moments that were clipped and he would put them all out and people were covering it and going Oh, you know, you heard what Charles Sonnen says, and they're like, "Who's Charles Sonnen?" And mm. then, but it it picked him up, and he actually got world championship fights, yeah. which he probably shouldn't have got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but based off of that, yeah, uh, and you know, you, it's always fun when you well because people were all of a sudden interested. Mm. You know, they were interested in 
well, they're interested in either winning or being beaten, but yes. they, were, they were interested. Yeah. And uh, if you're a promoter of any type of event, well, you've got to you got to make money, mm-hmm. and you're going to make money out of bums on seats or eyes on screens. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's nobody hyping the fight, and you've got two very very proficient technical uh, athletes that are that are out there, but they're boring. <laughs> um, no one's going to watch. Who yeah. cares how good they are? It, it's, uh, uh, but if you've got uh, if you've got a personality there, and and you know, but whatever the personality is, these people uh, you're going to get people that love them. You're going to get people that hate them because they know someone's kind of like that, or they don't like that personality. So they don't like those brash kind of uh, ego athletes who talk shit. They don't like those people. So all of a sudden, nah, I, I I hate that guy. And then mm-hmm. yeah, people will take the opposing view, and oh, you know, well, I like the the Conor McGregor because mm-hmm. he he does talk a bit of shit and then he delivers somehow and you mm-hmm. know so you get this mystic Matt kind of vibe people that's what makes people interested in sport yes you know and that's not saying to athletes you've got to be something that you're not mm-hmm. but if you happen to be a great communicator and, and you happen to understand the value of narrative and you happen to also believe that your personal brand has got a value well how valuable that personal brand and what opportunities that personal brand opens up to you simply comes down to how you project that brand to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and uh this is where athletes on uh, across sports and in, especially in combat sports have a great opportunity if they happen to be able to back up the smack talk with uh with some action mm-hmm. then you know you've got yourself something very very special yeah you know yeah. And, and chael was able to do that to a very large degree and elevate himself onto the biggest stages that uh that the MMA world had to offer. Absolutely, yeah. And I remember hearing the whispers about, uh, do you hear about this Conor McGregor guy? Mm. Just when he had just started, because he was funny, he was entertaining, he was saying mm. stuff in between rounds that, you know, they would replay, you see these little clips of it, it's like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's funny, and it was just this groundswell of, mm. have you heard of him? Oh, let's see. Uh, and then, you know, he continued to back that up with, with good wins, and then mm. the more personality, and it just... It, became a hype machine yeah uh and it's hard to derail a hype machine mm. uh, even with a loss even if especially if if uh the loss you know was close or the mm. you know, it was competitive <laughs> but it's always fun to see somebody just break through and and get that notice and get that attention and i think with arm wrestling that an organization or a moment or somebody or something will really start pushing and most of the time when people do talk to me about arm wrestling that you know, have never talked to me about it before. They just find out about it. Have you heard of Schoolboy? Have mm. you heard of Devin Larratt? That's mm. the two the two names that always come up. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're the gateway. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. They don't know John Brazine. They don't know you know Jerry Cataret. They don't know Michael and, Todd. And so what you've got there is that you've got Schoolboy, who's uh, the whole shtick there was that he was a a, a boy who was beating. Physically bigger people now. Now he's six foot eight and five hundred pounds. It's a little bit different. Um, so, but that the whole narrative was you, the you've got a little stick boy and somehow he's beaten up all the muscle men at Times Square in New York. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so that that's your thing. So arm wrestling's now Karate Kid. Arm wrestling's now the Gracies. Gracies like the the small man beating the bigger man. This is the mystery of arm wrestling. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is something. And then on the other side, you've got uh, Devin Larratt, who's the Conor McGregor of the arm wrestling world, yep. and 
so you've got the, 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 those two, and and this is maybe where schoolboys branding and and I know uh, Jake Ward just recently did a video about okay, we've got to stop calling. He stopped calling himself schoolboy. Has he? He, he oh. removed the schoolboy <laughs> handle apparently off of Instagram really? recently, and That's a mistake. And uh, Jake Ward, it is a it is a mistake. It is a mistake. But Jake Ward uh, made mention of it. What what what's another nickname for him now? Like where does his brand go from here? Because uh, obviously he's now what 24, 25 years old and he's a giant so you know it's a little bit hard to to continue perhaps with that schoolboy persona but uh, th- is he just schoolboy for life now maybe yes. he is maybe that's the <laughs> he brand should be he should be I, it everyone certainly knows him as that it's like you've you've built this brand everyone has re- recognizes you people around the world recognize you as schoolboy and you're going to give it up yeah yeah it's just that incongruence probably that uh, and as a young man of his uh, all of his own now you know he might feel like it served its purpose and now he's a full grown now he needs to be taken seriously maybe he feels the schoolboy moniker um, means that those <laughs> at the elite level uh, think of him as anything <laughs> as something less than pre- uh, perhaps his potential might uh, might suggest but you know who knows what his thinking is no doubt it's in Russian he could be okay. Not schoolboy. It could be not schoolboy. So we're, all the all the options are on the table. But uh, so uh, we've, so you've got schoolboy. Uh, uh, so that was the narrative for schoolboy. Skinny kid beating big guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what made it attractive for a lot. That's the Gracie's phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, in MMA. And then on the other side, you've got uh, the smack talk uh, that can be backed up and that's your, your Devin Larratt. And yep. and um, and then amongst the, you know, there's room for all the other personalities. But because of those those two narratives and those two personality types are so strong and conjure, you know, the, you've got you've got the David and Goliath, you've got the, you know, the Saint George against the dragon in the in in, in that whole uh schoolboy um schoolboy uh Shtick, and mm-hmm. then over here, uh, you've got the other, and that's that's two very alluring, very attractive things for and 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 themes, very mm-hmm. easy themes for people to fall for, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why they're such great funnels into the sport. Both yeah. of those, both of those individuals deserve their high profile in the sport uh, because of what they do in terms of attracting attention and interest, not because of arm wrestling, but because of the story attached. Mm-hmm. That that arm wrestling's telling through them uh, and uh, that's what makes them compelling figures and and, and, and once in a generation figures perhaps in, in the sport and then you've got Ryan Bowen you know who is, is the smack talker as well who uh, plays that role plays the role of heel a lot mm-hmm. um, very happy to switch to heel be that guy that people love to hate and, uh, and you know, every sport needs that and so you know it's funny how you see some of these athletes just quite naturally assume some of these roles, um, and um, it's been actually what 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 I've been really interestingly in in, in observation of is the uh, the U turn in Monster Michael Todd's uh, online persona mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, from heel bad guy saw loser somebody who uh, people found it hard to love mm-hmm. to somebody who's now uh, very uh, who's quite endearing who um, is, uh, um, is 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 great to watch who's smiling all the time who's always grateful um, very very different to what people thought of Michael Todd yeah. before he'd started his YouTube channel yeah. and uh, but uh, you know a hundred 
100,000 subs later. I think uh, he's just celebrated 100,000 subs later. He's building an audience, not because of what people thought he was. Now, if he never did his YouTube channel, people would still think, Michael Todd, sore loser, mm-hmm. WAL, do, do, awkward to watch, not fun, like not a fun athlete necessarily to watch on the table because of his style, maybe controversial, is he a cheater, we don't know, maligned character, to now well-loved father figure within arm wrestling. Uh, people want to see him do well. He's the opposite of a heel. Yeah. Um, and he's been able to transform people's perception of him mm-hmm. simply because he's been able to expose himself uh, over a, a consistently over a period of time, so that people can actually see the soul of the man and look mm. into his eyes and know that there's a really good human being there. Right. Which maybe two or three years ago, people would not have thought that off the top of their head about uh, the monster Michael Todd. Absolutely, no, I completely agree. Yeah, he's done a great job with his YouTube channel, and he seems like he is a really good guy. Like yeah. he's a, he's personable. He's doing uh arm wrestling in public constantly and you know being friendly and nice. A great ambassador yeah. of the sport. Absolutely. His and wife seems delightful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're both very dedicated, very hard working people. Passionate. Absolutely. And uh to see him finding that success and finding some positivity from the arm wrestling uh world you know instead of just overwhelmingly negative yeah. uh, hateful uh comments that are directed because all they saw of him is those moments on the table yeah and it's like well he's very passionate about the sport and those those elements are what's really important to him but when you know more about who he actually is then you understand you know the mm. reason why he's so so passionate about it um but yeah it is it is you have the ability now thankfully we you know to start a channel um and tell people who you are and this is you know who I am when I'm doing these are the sorts of things that I like to do uh, and you can paint a different picture from the audience's perspective as to well this is what I'm really like you know mm. and it's hard very very hard to to fake that yeah uh, and it's very obvious. especially over a long period of time that's right you know, so if people are seeing you two or three or four times a week you know you're going to expose yourself at some point mm. you know but you don't see uh, Michael Todd kind of screaming at his missus about anything you know you don't you don't see that 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 perhaps what people might have thought of Michael Todd ever emerging in in his channel you know it's just genuinely a nice bloke that you wouldn't mind having a beer with that yeah. or, or an arm wrestle with and uh, and you enjoy the the conversation and uh, and the and the company of the man. If you had the the, the great pleasure of it, mm. um, it's funny to see the opposite happen as well. Have you seen <laughs> that where somebody is revered as a as a hero from their sporting prowess, and mm. then it's like when they are interviewed or when they get some public attention mm. outside of the sport, and then it's like, oh, this guy is actually. A dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's I've seen it a couple times, but it's it's rarer, you know. But it's, it, it's kind of funny when people are, are so supportive of this person. They don't. I mean, mm. they don't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> they've never, probably never met the guy. Um, and never will, but it's like you know. I think there was a, that was more likely to happen in the pre-social media days yeah. as well. You know, yeah. where, where you might have only ever seen this guy on TV when he was kicking goals for mm. the club you love, or or accepting a, a medal in front of you know all of his peers, or getting a pat on the back from the commentator that you've been watching every week since you were seven years old, or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, and you you have a picture of perfectness in your mind about someone, yeah. and, and then you you know you realise you know oh hang on. 
you know, this, this bloke kicks his dog when he gets home. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember reading one of the guys on one of the forums that I'm on um, about he was uh, enamoured with a certain baseball player yeah. as a kid. He was, and um, he had attended one of the games. And after the game, as they were leaving, he had a shirt. He wanted the guy to sign the shirt, and the guy threw it the bin. <laughs> <laughs> and then gave him the finger as they were driving. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> that guy was drunk on fame. That guy was drunk on fame. Horrible. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Imagine the crushing feeling uh, of that that fan, just like yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 back in the day when the voice of a young kid, you know, I mean, the, 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 there was no way you know you tell your dad or your mum. You're probably even too embarrassed to tell your friends, and that that story would never get out. And now. Yeah, your mum, who might be a Karen, might be taping that in the yeah. background over your shoulder as that happens and sees it. We know it. 3.4 million people have seen it on TikTok and it's the end of your career right. and your team cancels you and your manager <laughs> you know, suspends you for six months and yep. uh, and all the sponsors drop out within a fortnight. <laughs> and that's the that's the difference in the digital age. You it know? is. It is. Uh, these people get exposed super quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's yep. interesting that, that people have a perception of what somebody is like because they've seen him on certain movies or shows or in sports and it's like oh no he's a really nice guy it's like he ever met the guy like, well, there's a couple of, you know if you get exposure to somebody over a period of time obviously you get to know them pretty well right. and uh but also when you see people when they're tired you know when they see people when they're tired that's that's normally a you know you start to see the cracks emerge people aren't all themselves when they're just a little bit mm. they get a bit cranky and a bit crabby and a bit touchy and you know the, the, the worst of themselves seems to be able to you know seep through to the to the surface and <laughs> And uh, and that's why it's so uh, amazing when you do meet somebody uh, like Jack Ward, who um, after six hours understanding uh, how much discomfort he is in as he is still waiting for his uh, uh, hip operation, uh, he hobbles around like an octogenarian. He's, he's really struggling to get around. Just even walking from the airport was a, you know you could see it was a it was a painful ordeal for him, and uh, and then to for him to come here. Even help us then get set up, then spend the day, but uh, behind the commentary table, and to end that day with such high energy, uh, and not a bad word to say about anyone. Mm. Completely gracious as if fans were approaching him all day, and just thrilled to have that chance to have a chat <laughs> to somebody they've been watching on on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, and for for him to be so accommodating and and uh, and and gracious with his time, and and uh, and and taking that opportunity to talk to to these uh, guys who are genuinely fans, uh, and not a not a crook word out of his mouth all day about any of it, and not a word of complaint. And uh, uh, after seeing somebody like Jake Ward give their all for a day like that. It makes you, you know, that's a, one of those situations where I am glad I met one of my heroes uh, yeah. and uh, and got to see him up close because uh, uh, there are stars like uh, Jake Ward out there and uh, they're few and far between, but they, there are stars out there that uh, over-deliver and, uh, and, and give you faith in humanity. Absolutely, yeah. Even after the event, I mean, we went out for dinner. He was still high spirits, talking very positively about how everything went. And, yeah, this is the sort of guy you'd love to hang around because it's like no matter what, I mean, he's he's been through a lot of adversity, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, just have that positive ad- attitude. It's like, well, you know, if I have to sit in a chair for six hours, uh, compared to the things I've been through, like this, yeah. I'm glad to be here, and I'm happy to be here, and it's just awesome to be around him. And and one of my favorite moments of the day 
uh, as I was setting up all the brackets and trying to organize stuff, uh, he volunteered to thankfully um, sign everybody in, and and they had everyone had to weigh in, and he would weigh everybody in. So everyone that was competing in the tournament had to go and see Jake, and and I could hear him because I was standing in right in front of me. And that everyone's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. You know, watch all your show all the time. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And then the next guy, oh, it was so great that you're here. So, <laughs> you know, so he got a lot of, you know, 30, 40 people saying that they're really big fans. And genuine, like, comments, like, you know, that they, they, they're they knowledgeable about what he does. Uh, and that was just like, oh, this is, it's a nice feeling that people are, are being so supportive of him. And he, he come back to the table, he's like, I don't take compliments very well. <laughs> uh, I, I just happened to be privy to a conversation that Jake was having with his wife, Jess, as we, as we were leaving after the event. And, uh, yeah, he was saying, oh, the guys, he was saying exactly, oh, the guys were great. And, you know, you know and she went, yeah, well, you don't take that well, do you? Said, oh, no, no, it's a little bit awkward, but, oh, it's great that they're watching, you know. Yeah. It's just, you forget the people are watching sometimes and it's great when they come up and they remind you that it's all worthwhile and um so uh you know jake, jake got a buzz out of out of that as well and uh, mm. as, as did the athletes of course meeting somebody that they're you know watching every day it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a very very uh, cool thing for uh, for athletes and and all involved i would suggest I, I certainly got a hoot out of it as well so uh, mm. spectacular event more to come uh titans uh um Big events coming up, um, so uh, we've got uh, the last man standing coming very very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we will have that as a standalone event, which is, I guess is befitting the title of the event, isn't it? The yeah. last man standing. It'd probably, it'd probably be easier for me to run it that way. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably have more fun. You might even be able to get up on the table, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll come in right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, and of course, uh, rumours are already swirling about um, big events on the horizon. So um, we're very very much looking forward to uh, that but one big event that we can announce is Apex 3 Apex 3 on the 25th of February mm-hmm. uh, at the Nord Opal Oval this will be the third time uh, that the uh, Titans will be back there and of course uh, we'll be uh, sending out invitations to athletes around the country to, to join us for the day it's an all day combat and strength sports spe- uh, spectacular mm-hmm. um, so throughout the day uh, you'll see arm wrestling of course medieval battlers <laughs> Which is that's sort of, my favourite. That's <laughs> nuts when you see these guys it's swinging, swinging actual axes at each other's yeah. heads, yeah. and uh, it, you know they, you think, oh yeah, that must be. Oh, I feel like I was nerds. watching a murder the cosplay take place. N- nerds. <laughs> that's what they are, and you see them waddle around in their little thing. But they're like two hundred pound solid steel suits, and uh, they they go absolutely nuts in them for hours, and yeah. uh, uh, it, it's. It, one of the most violent things you're likely I've, to see in your life. Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Like it's a, it, it, you, if you bring small children, <laughs> maybe maybe think twice before you head over there. They might have questions you don't know how to answer uh, afterwards. So uh, strongman, strongman's are coming back as well. Modified uh, rugby rules. Um, so that'll be uh, super interesting. So I think they're looking at a five or a six aside okay. uh, match up between uh, several of the leading clubs uh, here in uh, Adelaide. Um, uh, Roman Greco wrestling uh, BJ. AJ, of course, back in the tent in the big marquee. Um, so that'll be a huge entertainment through the um, early part of the day. And uh, um, we will have Sanshu, uh, which is... 
like modified uh, kickboxing rules uh, in the cage, uh, as well as, of course, it all culminates with uh, DFC 16. Um, so you, uh, you, there's, uh, well, there's some rumours around uh, title belts. Mm. Um, so uh, there's uh, rumours already circulating that Damien Volar, uh, coming for the honey Volar after his most recent performance at DFC. Wow. Uh, he called out uh, Craig Ike and said... Uh, uh, next time I'm coming here, I'm coming for the strap um, in this victory speech, and uh, he might well get his wish. So oh. we'll, we'll see uh, what happens there for the, the young local um, heavyweight there. So uh, uh, exciting times for um, for Damien Bowler. Um, uh, Joe the Vanilla Gorilla Brown will be, of course, back uh, for more, uh, coming off of two spectacular recent performances. Mm-hmm. Um, always a crowd please. Uh, some of the best walkout music as well. I think <laughs> Money for Nothing is his walkout music. Um, and uh, and a great friend of the podcast, uh, Louis, uh, the junkyard dog, Passon, who uh, put in an epic 18-second performance that people are still talking about at the last apex. He's coming back again. Um, so you've got the some... Top dog award, is it? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're going to have to find a, do- a dog worthy um, <laughs> as an opponent, perhaps. Um, but uh, so uh, along with a, a whole bunch of um, uh, interstate and uh, rumoured uh, about uh, featuring a international superstar wow. that Hollywood Matt Connolly, I know you'll be... Very, very familiar with, mm-hmm. and uh, so this will be um, this will be uh, something for um, something for the ages. So this will be an absolutely spectacular event in front of thousands of people uh, at the Nord Oval. It's an all day event. Kicks off at about uh, eleven o'clock mm-hmm. and uh, goes right through for almost the twelve hours. So by the time we end up uh, finishing the the call at uh, DFC, it's going to be uh, approaching uh, about ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. So uh, tickets will buy. You at close to twelve hours sure. of sporting entertainment, yeah. um, and access to uh, the grandstands and and more. So uh, stay tuned. Tickets will be on sale very very soon, yeah. and uh, of course the Titans will be back there again. Um, and um, you know I'm sure uh, Hollywood Matt Connolly will be putting on his thinking cap right now, <laughs> just wondering what kind of event will we be holding there. And uh, yeah, uh, and uh, you know it, there'll be. Um, it, wouldn't it be wonderful to see uh, arm wrestling find its way back into the cage just one more time? I Maybe. think. Yeah. 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 So, um, so we've got uh, got a lot to look forward to, as well as some very interesting stuff that we can't yet talk about. No. But that'll be uh, that'll be coming uh, your way very very soon. Mm. So um, the Apex events are amazing. If you've ever thought about going to, you need to go. It's just it's incredible. The, the fact that you can just literally walk two meters and there's another sport that's taking oh. place right then. And it's not just like, you know, it's the same version or a different version of the same sport. It's strongman, it's arm wrestling, it's jujitsu, there's kickboxing, there's, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the, the rugby, there's also wrestling. Um, and then you've got... There's been end, kickboxing, boxing previously yeah, as well. Medieval and Knights. And then you've got, at the end of the day, even if you've seen all of that... You get to see a full MMA card a take place. A full high-level MMA card. Hopefully, Triple A Shane Mitchell is uh, his calf is is healed and he's mm. ready to compete as well. So you could well be seeing s- several of the, the the best MMA fighters in the country mm-hmm. there, which would be worth the price of admission on its own even if you just turned up for the last two hours yeah. and and watched the DFC show you'd have more than your money's worth but the fact of the matter is if you get there all day you've got a great day ahead of you and uh, so uh, Apex Sport Fest 
Nord Oval, 25th of February. Absolutely huge day. Um, I can't wait to be there, uh, cage side. And um, I, I, Matt, I, I'm betting you'll be uh, on the tables most of the day, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, officiating and making sure that uh, all is running smoothly in the arm wrestling part of the world. Yeah, for sure. No, you've got me uh, thinking now of what the event. Mm. I did like that idea of setting the table on fire. That was. Uh... Yeah, I'd like to <laughs> dig out a moat around the yeah. table, yeah. fill the moat with uh, crocodiles, crocodiles. Or, or medieval fighters. <laughs> uh, uh, and and a drawbridge. Yeah, yeah. You got to walk. That's how you get into the uh, the the arena. Yes, and uh, to 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 find. Yeah, I, I, I we'd have to talk to uh, to Nord Oval Management about. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be upsetting fine. some of the turf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they usually do that. They, they'll be fine with crocodiles. That's pretty standard for them. And I'll let you confide uh, barbed wire maybe as well. Yeah, like some of that. I, I think that happens uh, at the pin. Mm. So, uh, so instead of in, in, instead of a cushion. Uh, <laughs> What what we got is electrified, just <laughs> just uh, any type of metal. So you know when you've lost. Yeah. So when you've lost, <laughs> but but if it's straight to straps, obviously both you. But I don't know. Yeah. But, but you know maybe that's mm. part of the fun as well. That's, I don't that's know. Part of the fun. Yeah. Well, you can <laughs> pretend that yours at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So uh, so innovations in in the world of arm wrestling coming your way, courtesy of crocodiles and uh, electricity. So um so lots to look forward to. Apex Sport Fest three. Um, there may not not be high voltage involved <laughs> um, but uh, we we, uh, we certainly look forward to uh, bringing you uh, more diamondbackfc.com to find tickets for yeah, that absolutely they'll be released very very soon the date is locked in uh, and uh, we are we are ready to go so this is uh, this is going to be absolutely massive 25th of uh, February at the Nord Oval here in Adelaide so uh, book your accommodation nice and early make sure it, that's the easiest way to get it cheapest. Get your flights in nice and early, and uh, enjoy a, a couple of days in Adelaide. Perhaps enjoy the yeah. Apex Sport Fest, and you know maybe just uh, head up to the beautiful Barossa or down to the Southern Vales and enjoy some table tennis or whatever, <laughs> whatever it might be. Say uh, hi to Morris. Paul. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so well, thank you very much for joining us uh, again on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, the Real Estate Agents Group, uh, Lammy Largo, uh, our sponsors, and uh, there's the guys there. Let's just get them on there. Yeah, the guys there are real. And, um, uh, of course, um, Hollywood Matt Connolly with the double biceps. There they are, ladies and gentlemen. All contractual obligations have now <laughs> been fulfilled. And uh, we'll just look forward to uh, bringing you a whole lot more of this uh, next week. Sounds good. Cheers, guys.